Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with Zach Berman at the New York Care Complex as the Eagles prepare to face Chicago Bears in the wild card round of the playoffs. And Zach, uh, you know, the Eagles have still a few injuries. We might as well update the uh, listeners on those right now as we speak. Just came from practice. Nick Foles is out there. Um, yesterday was a walkthrough, so the injury report was estimated, and they had Foles down as limited. But, you know, he said he was drastically improving each day, quote-unquote. So I think barring anything unforeseen, we'll see him Sunday at quarterback. Yeah, the, the thing I'm curious, though, is when the injury report comes out today, is he limited or is he full? Doug Peterson said on Monday they weren't going to change any of the snap distribution during practice, so Nick was going to take his full allotment. Um, if he doesn't, it, it wouldn't put uh, Sunday in jeopardy. Nick's going to play Sunday, but it could mean that they're just getting Nate Sudfeld some snaps in, in case an injury emerges for Nick. I'd be surprised if he didn't yeah. take all the reps today. I agree. Um, Jason Peters was out there. Jason Kelsey was out there. Uh, Isaac Sayamalo was out there, which is interesting because he hasn't played in the last three weeks. We've seen no. Stefan Wisniewski at left guard, and I guess if was, uh, from what we saw – in terms of the warm-ups, uh, they did some individual drills. It was Sayomalu was next to Jason Kel- uh, Jason <coughs> Kelsey and Lane John, excuse me, and Jason Peters at left guard. So that would lead me to believe that they're they're going to go with Sayomalu over Wiz if he's healthy. He's got a pectoral injury. Who would you go with? I'd go with Wiz right now uh, because he has that experience. The line is clicking with him. They they've been playing well recently. Played big games in the playoffs last year. Uh, I'd roll with the hot hand, so to speak. But uh, Isaac is bigger. He's more athletic. And you're going up against a really good defensive front. So that could factor into their decision-making. Absolutely. Akeem Hicks is one of the better defensive tackles. He's a pro bowler, um, as we know. And with a lot of teams shading protection to stop Khalil Mack, what happens is you get a lot of one-on-ones inside for Hicks and you know, my concern about Sayomalo, as you mentioned, was he didn't play in the postseason last year, uh, at least in terms of starting on the offensive line. And when we have seen problems with him, it's been kind of upstairs more than in terms of his, his ability, uh, physical ability. Um, look, he's a year removed from, from those struggles that he had uh, in terms of confidence. But, you know, if I was the Eagles, I would, I would maybe start him out there, but I would be, have Woods close by ready to go in case he does struggle. I mean, it's tough to do that in the middle of a yeah. playoff game, but if he struggles against Hicks, I mean, we, we've seen him have some bad games before. That's the thing. I, I, I think Isaac has physical tools that Wiz clearly doesn't have, but Wiz, I just I, I would trust Wisniewski in there. He might get beat physically, but he works well with Kelsey. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a different story with Peters because he didn't really play with Peters last year, uh, but... Uh, I understand if if they are going with Isaac, and it looks that way. As far as the other injuries, Mike Wallace was out there. Um, I still think he's probably a few weeks away from returning. Yeah, Doug said he's not going to do team drills this week. So Okay, so Wallace won't play on Sunday. There were some missing players. Carson Wentz, as we know, still has the back injury. He wasn't out there today. He won't play Sunday. Michael Bennett missed another practice, but he hasn't practiced the last several weeks with a foot injury. He'll be fine. He'll be be playing Sunday. He'll be out there Friday. That's that's kind of the – Schedule he's been doing here. Sidney Jones is still out with a hamstring, and DJ Alexander is also out with a hamstring. So the Eagles are getting a little healthier um, at this point in the season, which is good for them as they head into, obviously, doing a, doing a die game against the Bears 
you know, obviously Friday we usually spend a lot of time looking, uh, breaking down the game, but I, I do want to start kind of doing that here uh, because it's such an important game. Clearly, let's start with um, let's start with Trubisky. Um, I think if you get, if you give the Eagles one, I give them advantage in certain areas, but I think one clear advantage is that quarterback. Just because Nick has done this before, he's uh, he's got a hot hand. I know Trubisky has played a little bit better of late, but he's never played in the postseason. And he's he the guy he's the guy to me that um, that you can you can you can force him into some mistakes. Yeah, that's how I look at it. I, I think the quarterback matchup is the edge for the Eagles in this game. And Trubisky, what worries me when you're looking at it from an Eagles perspective is his ability to run. Um, the Eagles have struggled with that. In the, in, in, the, in the past this season. Did a good job on Josh Johnson last week, but I don't know how, how much well, he couldn't read into he that. He couldn't do anything with his arm, yeah. so it was like... Uh, but, but Trubisky, he can be dangerous, extending plays, and I think the defense really needs to be cognizant of that. Um, he's taken better care of the ball this year, but I, I still think, like you said, you can force him into some mistakes. Uh, but like the, the, the key is going to be getting the Trubisky, and you've seen the Eagles defensive line play really well these past three weeks and uh, I, I think that needs to be the recipe here I think the defensive line save for maybe like one or two games has been consistently good all year yeah now now there were games when the snaps were getting real high and those guys were just getting exhausted right like I think the end of the Dallas game they were they were tired true but I think I give the Eagles defensive line the versus the Bears O-line the advantage over the Bears D-line versus the Eagles O-line. I would agree with that. You agree with that? Okay, good. I, mean, uh, I, thought, I thought you were going to go in the other direction. No, I mean... I think the Eagles O-line yeah. is better than the Bears no, O-line. And I think the Eagles D-line is as good as the Bears D-line. Oh, I don't think that. I do. Well, are you are you including Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd in the Absolutely. Line? So okay. here's my thing. Because they run a 3-4, so that's right. Why. Well, yeah. But, yeah. but you're including the edge rushers. Yeah, no, I, I would take, I mean... Really? Between Hicks, Eddie Goldman... Uh, Khalil Mack, yeah, I, and I Leonard Floyd. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I like and Michael Bennett, Brandon yeah. Graham, Fletcher Cox, and well, all right. The, the fourth piece piece there yeah. is probably what hurts the Eagles a little bit. But they also have Chris Long coming off the bench. Yeah, um, I, I, I'd still go. I still go the Bears. Okay, front. But it's not okay. I I thought it was pretty even. But my point is, I still feel like the Eagles D line has the advantage um, versus the Bears D line. I agree. And now, in terms of a. Uh, Line. Yeah, no, I agree with that. What I was going to say is that Kyle Long just came back last week from injury. That helps the Bears' offensive line. I don't think that puts them over the edge, though. I, I, I think the Eagles can can get after the Bears' offensive tackles. Um, I, I think Michael Bennett, who's played at a really high level yeah. in recent weeks, that's going to continue. Um, so, yeah, I, I do like that, that matchup, and I think that's where the Eagles need to win this game is get to Trubisky and, and force him into mistakes. Staying on that side of the ball, though, they do have some weapons. Um, no one that really kind of jumps off the page. I guess Tariq Cohen, maybe. Yeah. He just because he can do so yeah. much. You know, we talked to Malcolm Jenkins, and I think Malcolm Jenkins is going to be the guy that covers him mostly. Just the way he was talking. Because he was really going on about how this kid has the full route tree. It's interesting because the question was posed, like, does this, does this guy remind you of Sproles? And he's like... He does more than Sproles. He didn't say it. He's basically like, this guy does more than Sproles. Like, Sproles doesn't have as much responsibility as Cohen does. Maybe earlier in, in Sproles' career he did. But Cohen is, I mean, the way they use him, I give Matt Nagy credit. You know, I, when I went back and w- watched some of it this week, 
Hunters are really impressed with how they use them all over the field. Well, it's it's again, it's some it's similar to the way that Sean McVay uses Gurley, and I don't think Gurley runs the trout tree, uh, the route tree like like uh, like, does, like yeah. Cohen does. But in terms of that, you can take a running back and put him in a wide receiver position and have him run, you know, almost as many routes. Yeah, as I mean, wide receiver. That's the, it's interchangeable parts, and that's what what Matt has done with this offense, similar to what McVay had done in. And, the Rams. and like you, you look at, for instance, Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley, two guys the Eagles face who catch a lot of balls. It's even different because those guys are catching a lot of balls out of the backfield. Yeah, Cohen, the way they, I mean, he's their leading receiver, and they use him all over the field. So, but do you agree with me? It's probably going to be Jenkins mostly on him. I got to think. Yeah, I mean, we saw last year. How about Jenkins' answer? How do you stop him? You tackle him. You know, think, right? Yeah, he, I think he's going to be physical. I yeah. think that's what Malcolm's going to do. Well, he's got to be physical in the line with him, but he also, you know, you're you're willing to give up that soft stuff. You just got to be able to yeah. tackle him. Yeah. And we saw last year in the Super Bowl, they they went to him before the game and said, "Hey, we're not going to put you on Grock. We're going to put you on James White." Mm-hmm. And how many catches did James White James White have that game? That's a good point. No, I don't that's think I, I think James White is certainly a different receiver than Tariq Cohen. Um, but I think if there's anyone I'm going to trust in stop in slowing Tariq Cohen, I think it's Malcolm Jenkins. I agree. Um, some of the other matchups. Uh, on, on that side of the ball, Allen Robinson coming off uh, injury is probably their top receiver, outside receiver. Not the Allen Robinson that we saw pre-injury and, and during his heydays, uh, heyday with the, with the Jaguars, but I think some of that falls on the fact that you just got Trubisky throwing the ball mm-hmm. to him and just the way the, the offense is constructed. I mean, this is a, this is a run-first um, offense for the most part. Maybe not number, but terms in terms of uh, philosophy. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, Jordan Howard has has you know near a thousand yards this year rushing the ball. So yeah, they they can run the ball. But uh, no, you mentioned Al Robinson. He is their top guy. But they have some other guys. I mean, Tara Gabriel. Um, well, Eagles have seen him in the past when he was with the when he was with the Falcons. He can play. Little Anthony, hurt, little hurt, but seems, yeah. it seems like he'll play. Anthony Miller's banged up, but if he's out there. Uh, a second-round pick who's been very productive out the slot. And then our old friend Trey Burton, who, uh, who's who been very good for them at, at tight end. He had a spell there in the middle of the season where his numbers went down. But, I mean, we've seen him make plays in the past, and he's made a lot of plays for Chicago this year. I think he leads them in touch, touchdown catches, if, I, if I'm correct. Okay. So, I mean, he was a red zone guy for the Eagles, yeah. too. He certainly caught passes. Um, not much of a blocker. Uh, maybe the Eagles can, can exploit him there. But, uh, you know, and then if you're talking about the offense, you have to mention maybe the MVP of the offense, Matt Nagy. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's I think he's job. one of the – yeah, he's done a great uh, job. Uh, certainly, obviously, as we all know, coached with the Eagles briefly, followed Andy Reid and Doug Peterson to Kansas City, followed in Doug's uh, footsteps there um, from, that, from that tree. But, yeah, he's got a lot of the core Andy beliefs in terms of uh, the West Coast, a short passing game. Um, certainly the terminology is similar and he picked up some of the stuff that Andy added to the offense when he, when he had, uh, Alex Smith, yeah, and but, and but they've added st- different elements from other, from other, um, from other offenses. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. He made a really interesting offensive coordinator hire in Mark Helfrick, the former Oregon coach. And Doug Peterson said this, they brought a lot of the Oregon stuff that, that, you know, Chip was doing when, when Chip Kelly was doing when he was there and Helfrick was doing when he's there and, Matt Nagy's done a really good job kind of molding all these concepts. Very creative and, like Doug, very aggressive. Um, so I think you're, 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 you're going to see kind of the battle of wits in terms of play calling. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's to, to some degree a college offense. Um, 
and I'm not saying that in a disparaging way. We've seen the NFL and how it's kind of morphed over the last decade to include a lot of lot more college elements to, to the offensive side. Uh, jump to the defensive side, and we'll, we'll obviously do a lot, of, a lot more of this on Friday, but uh, let's spend some time on Khalil Mack. He's incredible. So watching last year's game against the Raiders, he, he didn't have a sack. He had a couple, uh, he had a couple hits and made a couple tackles, and Lane Johnson got called for holding him twice. But I think for the most part, they kept him in check. And one of the ways they did that was a variety of ways of, of attacking him, whether it was chip blocking him with running backs and tight ends, sometimes just using tight ends and running backs to, to block him on certain plays, uh, running nakeds where you take advantage of his aggressiveness. And obviously you're going to have to have one-on-ones. But the big difference this year versus last year is that Mac was almost exclusively from the left side versus the right mm-hmm. tackle. Now Vic Fangio has him splitting up pretty much movement, both sides. So he's going to be facing off against Jason Peters probably almost as much as he is against Lane Johnson. And that makes it hard for offenses to kind of key on him and say, okay, this is okay. This play we know Mac's going to be over here. We're going to, we're going to chip him here. Or, we're, you know, it's going to be incumbent upon Jason Kelsey and Nick Foles to say, okay, you know, you got you to slide protection this way or you got you to move the running back or the, or the, uh, or the um, tight end that way. But, again, it's going to be a chess, chess mess with this guy. And I don't know if they're going to be. I don't know if they're going to be able to yeah. stop him. Can they contain him? Well, our our colleague Paul Donowitz wrote a full story today where wrote about how quickly Foles has been getting rid of the ball, and I think that's going to be key too. Quick, quick passing game. Yeah, yeah, like Nick Nick won't be able to sit in the pocket long because you know you, you obviously Mac you mentioned Nick's as well. Uh, they'll get after you. So uh, can they? Yeah, I, I think they can do some of the things they did against the Raiders last year. Nick played a real bad game that day. Um, I don't think it was because of Mac. But uh, certainly, we've seen it with Nick when he when the pass rush is coming. Sometimes it can fluster him. So uh, yeah, it's it's a key to this game is blocking Khalil Mack. Right, but you don't want to focus too much on him because there are other exactly other as you mentioned Hicks and, and Goldman and Floyd and yep. Floyd and what Fangio does a lot of is he doesn't blitz a heck of a lot, but he'll he'll because he's got a he's got that. You know that five man front. Sometimes mm-hmm. he'll just he'll drop he'll drop Mac a bunch of times and just rush. He'll get his four man rush, but he'll get it with an extra li- with a yeah. linebacker as opposed to an inside linebacker as opposed to an outside linebacker. Or you know they run a fair amount of stunts and twists to kind of confuse the guys up front. Um, so look, this front's going to have its hands full, and I think Lane Johnson right now is probably playing pretty close to the level he did I last year. That. It took a while Absolutely. to get there, but he got there. Uh, Jason Peters is playing fine, but the issue with him has been has been injury and whether he's been able to finish games. Mm-hmm. There's a chance we could see Big V on Sunday. And that's a mismatch. That's an absolute mismatch. I mean, mismatch. if Khalil Max, you know, we saw what happened against the Texans yep. when you had a, a player of that explosiveness and uh, Jadevi and Kalani go up against Big V, and he, he was he was a game wrecker. Yep. Now, not to the point where they lost the game, but, you know, Khalil Mack can, can potentially do that. Yeah. Um, also on that side, you get, you get to look at the secondary second. Um, I don't think you have anyone. I mean, Kyle Fuller's going to the Pro Bowl. He's an interesting guy. You know, the Eagles certainly, he was one of the guys the Eagles were interested in mm-hmm. that 2014 draft. Um, he didn't follow them, and he had a really good rookie year. But he kind of fell out of flavor and, and uh, fell out of favor in Chicago. What, you know, what have you seen out of him? Also, now he's, I think he leads the NFL in interceptions. Why is he a dangerous guy? Yeah, I, I mean, he's, 
he's very aggressive on the ball. I also think he leads the NFL in pass breakups too. And, yeah. and so I, I think that's what jumps out. Has 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 good size, good physical ability, and makes plays on the ball. And then it's it's I mean it's really that whole secondary. Eddie Jackson has been a, a revelation. He he's terrific. Um, I mean your guy Adrian Amos. Um, I like him. Yeah, Penn Stater. Am I, am I pronoun- is it is Amos. it Amos? Um, and then on the other side, Prince Mukamara, who I actually covered when he was with the Giants. He's a veteran, but he's been playing well for them too. Um, they lead the league in forced turnovers this year. Okay, uh, they're the inter- and it's mostly interceptions, and it's the it's the most interceptions in a number of years. Um, so it's it's gonna be real interesting because you mentioned the aggressiveness, the ball hawking style. Uh, Nick Foles, when Nick Foles is bad, um, he can put the ball up to the other team. Um, he's only won one game, I believe, in his career when he has two or more interceptions. So uh, that's really interesting to watch. And what we've seen over these last three games is he's had an ugly interception each game. Mm-hmm. But the key was the key one is that the defense was able to kind of hold yep. on that ensuing possession. But Nick has gone back to being great. Yes. He didn't allow it to affect him. And it was funny. He said it after one of the games how he said – uh, was it the interception in the Texans game? He's like, I wanted everybody kind of – some guys looked like they were down or whatever. He's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. He went around uh, encouraging everybody. And I think that's kind of good to see because I think the Nick of old may have let that affect him. Sure. But, but these, I, the Nick we've seen the last few years. Yeah, but I also think like there's so much Nick Foles hysteria right now that it can be forgotten that like he's had some bad games before. Like the good Nick, bad Nick storyline, yeah. um, it hasn't come up this year. But it was the case during the summer. You know, he looked bad in the preseason. Didn't look good in week one. Yeah. Um, so. But we're in Nick Foles time now. I mean, I, I really want to <laughs> yeah. spend a lot more time looking at Nick tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but it was funny because I was watching a lot of the that Oakland game because I was watching yeah. a lot of Mac for my film breakdown. And I was like, oh, well, he wasn't that bad because I'm watching the first half. In the second half, it was it was bad. Yeah, now that was also... He had one sack that was just so... And it, was, it resulted in a fumble. It was just so bad. That was the coldest outdoor game I, I can remember. Um, that was... You know, Christmas, for the Eagles. Christmas night, right? Yeah. That was really cold that it's gonna day. Be cold in, it's going to be cold in Chicago. It's not going to be too... It, is it? Well, it's going to be cold. Okay. Not that but cold. It, yeah, it, it's not going to be like how it's been in some past. No, but Chicago cold is yeah. also colder than Philadelphia cold. Because of the wind. Yeah, so... And that field is... Never. Yeah, and that feels bad. From players are talking about that this week. That's interesting. I, I do want to ask you when we're talking about Kyle Fuller. You spoke to Alshon Jeffrey yesterday. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's going to be a big topic this week. Was he asked about Fuller? Because they used to he face was. off. They used to face off in practice. Yeah, he was a typical Alshon fashion. Doesn't Maybe, matter. Doesn't matter. It's, you know, it's like good for him that he has those interceptions. Just yeah. kind of shrugged it off. I, you know, I, I guess he's been studying a lot of film or something like that. That's what Alshon said. But uh, I, I received the email from someone anonymous, or maybe the name's attached. I have no idea how he knows, but apparently, like Fuller would really get the better of Alshon. Really, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean Alshon. Alshon's not much of a practice guy, though. So I, no, I, he's not. I don't think I don't think that matters. No, he's definitely not. As Doug Peterson detailed in his book, also, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Doug was pretty candid about that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, I mean Alshon is a big storyline here because. Obviously, for like from our perspective, going back to Chicago, where he spent five years, never made a playoff game in Chicago, first game back, so all all that kind of stuff that like reporters talk about. But from a football perspective, he's been hot here. Five catches, hundred yards, average. You know, the past three games, um, making really good plays on the ball. Uh, has a good chemistry with Nick Foles, as you documented in your film review last week. Did a good job there. Check that out if you missed it. It was during Christmas week, nice. so. 
Uh, some people might have missed it. Should mention, check out your uh, Alshon Jeffrey on, on, feature in Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, um, but uh, but it was. I thought Mike Rowe, the offense coordinator who knows Alshon well, had uh, a good way of putting it, and that's Alshon has a sense of the moment, and I think that's applicable because like, he came up big in the playoffs last year, and when there's like a prime time game, Alshon's up for it. Sometimes you know, like the you know, there's like a lull in the middle of the season for Alshon, but. Um, I think he's he's going to be pumped for this game. Well, and we saw the Rams game. I mean, the season's on the line. Yeah. And he was unbelievable exactly. in that game. And remember the after the game, it may have been you who said, "What was the difference this week?" And he's like, "I just felt I just felt it before the game. Yeah. Big, uh, you know, Sunday night game. Yep. The right, you like, you know, what I'm saying, like, he just he just likes to get up for those big. Uh, games. Oh, he's channeled. I remember Dallas game last year, the Monday or the Sunday nighter in Dallas, so primetime game, big stage. And he says afterwards, big time players make big time plays in big time games. That's the Deion Sanders phrase, or not, yeah, whoever it was. But uh, I feel like when he talks that way, he feels like he's channel- channeling Michael Jordan. Okay, there you go. And he loves loves MJ. That's what I'm saying. Goals. He loves. Yeah. I think I think he gets a lot of his attitude because he's trying to ape yeah. and he's trying to ape his hero. I mean, Jordan is his hero. That's his guy. But like that was. I mean, the playoffs last year was a different Alshon than the regular season. He was awesome. And the Super Bowl last year was... That catch was... Yeah. So I think that's why Alshon's so intriguing to me because like when you talk about certain guys raise the level of play in the playoffs, um, Alshon showed that last year. Well, he'll certainly be one guy to watch on Sunday. We're going to delve in a lot deeper tomorrow into this game and maybe look ahead to a couple other questions. Uh, should they win? Should they lose? Um, but primarily look at, look at Sunday's big game. Can't spend too much time analyzing it. So that's it for the Birds Have You podcast. Zach Berman, Jeff McClain, we'll talk to you next time.